and welcome to episode 38 of Let's Talk Horses with me, Meg Parkinson. I hope I find you well. It's the first week of the winter webinars, so if you've been tuning in for the last few um, podcasts, you will have heard my spiel on it at the start. I'm so excited to start to share these times with you. So if you're interested in spending a Wednesday evening with me throughout the winter, um, go and check out my website. You can book on members. They are free, free. So if you're a member of my online riding club, make sure you take advantage of this. They aren't going to go up on the hub straight away. So if you don't join live, you are not going to see them immediately. This week we are focusing on the feet in those webinars, so we will delve deep into, as a rider, why the feet are so important and how they can be maybe inhibiting our riding, our confidence, our nervous system, the way we function mechanically over our horse. All of those things we're going to delve into. So that's super exciting. So that's what's happening there this week, but within this podcast episode... I'm going to talk about collapsing. So I hope you enjoy this little deep dive into why as a rider we might collapse. So collapsing. Now I'll just kind of clear make clear what I mean by collapsing so if you're a rider or you have a rider if you're a coach that drops a shoulder um, one side of them is shorter than the other so you feel like they are collapsing through one side of the body that's the kind of thing we're looking for it's not a forward and backwards movement it's a side to side alignment so when we have a rider that's collapsing you will probably find they collapse through one side that is not every rider Um, some riders collapse on alternate sides depending on the rain that they're on um, all of the different causes of collapsing kind of intertwine and i very much doubt that you your rider or you as a rider have just one reason why this happens but we're going to start with breaking it down and seeing if we can unpick what's going on so you can find yourself a little bit more aligned over your horse's back So first of all, why do we want to try to fix collapsing? So when we collapse as a rider, two things happen. One, our weight shifts, because like I've explained before, like the kind of tower blocks of a Jenga, when our base blocks start to move out of alignment, the rest of our body has to just contort and twist in a way to keep us on board. That means our weight will shift over our horse's back, and that's not necessarily a great thing to happen. We want to keep ourselves nice and even over the spine with even amount of weight through each side of the horse's body. So if we are collapsing and placing more weight over to our left side or our right side, we are misaligning ourselves with the horse's body and creating a misalignment within their body too. We then will spend a lot of time trying to fix that by using different aids, trying to straighten them up and The problem with that is we end up kind of having to overuse our aids where actually it's a function that's happening with us that's creating it. 
So if you, for example, collapse through your left side, you might find that right side bend comes reasonably easy, but left side bend becomes a little harder or vice versa, depending on how your horse is stacking themselves underneath you. So the one thing with collapsing is there's no hard written rule. You cannot say that someone is collapsing through their right side because of dot, dot, dot. And you cannot also say that that collapsing is creating dot, dot, dot in the horse. The only thing you could pretty much say is the collapsing is creating an imbalance. And how that imbalance shows up depends on how your horse has worked out how to balance themselves beneath you and also how your body has learned functional patterns to, to compensate for that imbalance. You will probably find that you are, an imba you are in that imbalance in your daily life. So you might not look as obvious when you're walking around as maybe when you're riding that you're collapsing, but there will definitely be a preference of movement patterns within your body as you go through your daily life that is creating and adding to that collapsing nature. You might find that you have pain involved in this collapsing because certain parts of your body are pinching or tight or being overused, overstretched, and other parts of your body are becoming weaker because they're not, they're underused, they're underfunctioned. So collapsing is a really important issue to deal with, but it takes a bit of time to unpick. So as a rider, it can feel like you have to strip back a little bit to try to find the reason why. And it can feel a little frustrating like you're going backwards, but I promise you, you are not. You are just taking a little bit of time to make sure that those fundamental basics are correct. So collapsing can be caused by things like injury, change of lifestyle, so becoming a mother. Um, carrying a child around on your hip quite often will create a collapse. Um, changing in a job role, maybe you're now starting to have to carry a heavy bag across town rather than before where you were working from home. How you sit at home, how you do you always nestle into one end of the sofa in the evening if you get time to sit down? Ha -ha. Um, do you always sit with one leg crossed over the other? particularly particular preferences. If you spend a lot of time driving in the car, do you rest one arm on the armrest or on the windowsill? And all of those things can create a discontortion and a collapse through the body. You might have started off straight when you started your riding journey, but knowing most of us, we all end up getting injured somewhere along the line. And injury creates a different movement pattern. So collapsing can come on. It might not be a start of things. If you're meeting riding later on in life, you will probably already have a preference of collapsing through one side just because life does that to us. So collapsing has three main effects within the riding within the rider your pelvic function and the weight established over your pelvis your side body so your obliques the muscles that run down either side of your body and your shoulders and then the symptoms of that spread all the way down into your limbs and your hands and also all the way down into your legs and your feet but we'll start with how collapsing shows up in those three main areas so within the pelvis, collapsing will show up in, a, in what I call a hip hike. So where one hip sits just slightly higher than the other hip. This can create a feeling where the, the hips are shifted over to one side slightly. So you feel like you've got more weight through one seat bone than the other. Um, and it also can feel, if we travel down, that one stirrup is shorter than the other. So the first thing you need to check before you try to address anything is that your stirrups are the same length. 
And I know this sounds really obvious, but I've had quite a few people contact me and say, well, they always ride, they feel even if they ride with odd stirrups, so that's kind of going to how they sit. Unless you have been medically told you have one leg shorter than the other, you need to ride with the same length stirrups. So how do you check that? Take your stirrups off. Don't rely on the numbers because stirrups stretch, stretch especially the old style stirrups. So you get quite a lot of new style non-stretch materials, but this is always worth it. Take your stirrups, stirrups and stirrup leathers off of the saddle, hold them up at the exact point and let them hang straight and see whether they are actually the same length. You will probably be surprised to find that they aren't. <laughs> um, stirrups stretch through many reasons. One, through constantly mounting up from a stirrup leather. So the side that you mount up from can become longer. But also, if you are a wonky rider, you will naturally be placing more weight through one stirrup than the other. Your stirrups are going to get hot as you get hot. Your stirrup leathers are going to get hot. When leather gets hot, it stretches. So you will naturally find that there might be an uneven stretch. So first of all, you need to make sure that your stirrups start at the same length. To stop any kind of imbalance, every week you want to stirrup your, swap your stirrups over sides. So as you clean your tack, take your stirrup leathers off and consciously swap them over sides. That will stop this kind of stretching thing happen and it will mean that your stirrups last a lot longer, your stirrup leathers last a lot longer. So that's your first job. Before you go and get on your horse next time, take your stirrup leathers off and check that you have actually got them on the same length. And don't just tell me that they're both on hole number seven, because trust me, you can get stirrup leathers that are pretty much a whole difference if you've always ridden them on the same side. The next thing to check is when you do tack up and you do your girth up and once you're on board, your saddle is straight. So again, this is seems very common sense, but the amount of riders I see come to me that don't have a straight saddle is actually quite large. So first of all, we have to take into account the mounting procedure. So my, if, I, in my, if I had an ideal world, and this is at my old yard, we had this, I had like an elephant sized mountain block. It was massive. Um, I think the highest step was at about three foot three. Ideally, I would like for the mechanics of the horse and the horse's health of their back and for us, I'd like to mount every rider up without actually placing their foot in the stirrup. So they, you are on a high enough step that you can just swing your leg over and place yourself into the saddle. Now, I'm at home now. I don't have the elephant sized mountain block and we hop on from a box. And so I do have to place my foot in the stirrup because the box is very low, even though I'm on a pony. <laughs> now, just this simple act of getting on can create the saddle to shift slightly. Ideally, we don't want that to happen. So getting someone to counterbalance your weight and hold the other stirrup is an ideal thing. Or even reaching over yourself and putting weight through the opposite stirrup with your arm um, as you swing over is a really good way to keep that. But really, the biggest thing is, is once you're on board, you need to check that your saddle is straight. So if you don't have anyone around, you need to check that the pommel is lining up on the centre of your horse's back before you put your feet in the stirrups and make sure everything is nice and even. If you do have someone on the ground or you are that person on the ground, if you're a coach, you need to check from the front and the behind that the saddle is sitting correctly and straight over the horse's back. So make sure the horse is standing up and square so they're not resting a leg and checking straight down the barrel of the, the saddle that everything is nice and even. This is really important for any rider biomechanical situation, but for especially for riders that have a tendency to collapse. 
because we can hide our feeling of collapsing by riding with our saddle at a slight tilt and our stirrups at the wrong length. We can get ourselves feeling pretty straight if the saddle is slightly up the ski width and the stirrups are slightly out. We can feel straight but actually we are fundamentally not. So these two really key things are really really important. Once you've got everything set up and nice and straight and level you can now start to feel what's going on truly within your body. So that when you first put your stirrups feet back into the stirrups you might feel immediately where one stirrup now feels longer than the other so the stirrup that feels longer means that that leg is shorter so there is a tightening in that hip section which is creating the leg to ride up and grip further forwards so this means that the the left that that hip i'm kind of thinking right but it could be left that hip is on a, in a locked short pattern where your thigh is being drawn a little bit more forwards, and this is, these can be very minuscule changes within the movement and hip structure, but enough to create quite a big change on our horse. So that thigh is being drawn up and forwards just a little bit, to the, and then you find that you're gripping in more to hold yourself in place rather than using your balance, and that hip hike is rising up. That will then naturally shift over time shift your weight out to the other side to keep the balance what then stems up from here is you will end up with a shorter side body on that side and that shoulder will drop down and again no written rule is there so you might have a rider that hip hikes up with the right with the right leg but the weight shifts out onto the right side and then there's a collapse through the left so you do have to be aware, aware that the rules can shift and bend slightly, but ultimately we need to get our base balanced before we focus on anything else. So getting the pelvis nice and even, making sure that the rider can feel and you can feel your pubic bone and your two seat bones nice and evenly over your horse's back is really key to start with. Drop your feet out of your stirrups and make sure your legs can drop out long. And obviously, if it's not safe because your horse is a bit sharp to drop your feet out of your stirrups, then you need to do this with your feet in your stirrups. But you're going to get the feeling of releasing those legs. So you're dropping your legs down. So you're getting rid of any of those grip patterns. So that might be that you grab the back of your calf, um, thigh even, sorry, and roll it out and away. Or you might be able to use those adductors, abductor muscles and actually hold your legs off of the saddle from your hip and then drop them back down. If you struggle with that, join me in the extra stretch classes because we do a lot of work with all of this. So you've now released your legs and you're now dropping down. So hopefully you're going to start to feel where there might be a slight imbalance. We're yet to pretty much move off here. We're still at a standstill at this point. If you feel that you can start to become aware of that shortening of that side, the hip that might be in a locked short pattern, you can then start to do a little bit of movement into that hip mode motion you know the kind of things like we did as a kid when we got the, when the kid went, um, as a coach they'd get you to like swing your legs and you're just going to get a little bit of movement into that hip area to start to release that down that will help you balance out your base and your base as a rider is not only your pelvis it's the soles of your feet so a collapse can play really into the nervous system um in the fact that we're not feeling our feet properly and we're not feeling the weight fully in both feet so the nervous system is going to be screaming we're out of balance 
So if you're a little bit kind of nervy on your horse and you have a collapse, this is even more important to start to address because if you are feeling weight evenly in one foot and not so even in the other, that subconscious nervous system is going to be screaming. We need to be aware there could be a fall likely, even if there's not, because we rely on connection with the soles of our feet to keep that nervous system calm. So your base evenness, soles of the feet, and your pelvic bowl. So you want to make sure you can feel your pubic bone and your seat bones nice and evenly in the saddle. Once you've got that, you will start to probably become more aware of what your side body is doing. So once you've got that real base of your pelvis and your seat, you might feel still that your one shoulder is lower than the other. You might have even been told as a rider, and the words might have even come out of your mouth as a coach, to lift the dropped shoulder up or to drop the opposite shoulder, the lifted shoulder down. The problem with just focusing on the shoulders at this point is we're missing the reason this is happening. So once we've made and we know that the hips are nice and even and balanced, we have to start to look at our side body. So the muscles that run either side of our body, they're called the obliques, but I call them the pulleys. So they connect the upper body to the lower body and they have massive influence over how our shoulders and ribcage are stacked above our pelvis. The reason we would have a collapsed shoulder is because the side that that collapsed shoulder is happening, the obliques, the side body, the pulleys are shorter than the side that the higher shoulder is at. Now that comes from a multitude of things that we do, from, like I said at the start, carrying children on hips, from putting heavy bags on one shoulder because we're too cool to put them on both, um, and all the way through to mucking out. A twist action requires one of your obliques to lengthen and one of your obliques to shorten. So if you think about yourself with your straw fork or your shavings fork, as you dig into the bed and twist to lift it out and put it into the wheelbarrow, you will probably repeat that twist action in the same direction over and over again. You will probably rarely switch sides unless you're super minded about your biomechanics. And just that simple action of every day mucking out and even sweeping through that twist action, you'll be finding that you are shortening and strengthening one set of obliques, one side of your body, and lengthening and weakening the other side. Then we start to try to come and sit straight and we've built that kind of unevenness into our body. And then we have that short side, long side, and that shows up in our shoulders. And to try and fix it, what we try to do is drop the high shoulder or lift the lower shoulder. But our side bodies haven't changed. So we're still creating the collapse. We've just lost that visual pointer. So that's why it's really important not to just try to focus on the shoulders, to focus first on the hips, then on the side body. So you need to address the feeling of collapse through your side body. First of all, you need to get a feeling of lengthening that shorter side, so filling out that shorter side a little bit. 
and this it might be easier done off your horse than on your horse and in front of a mirror so on that shorter side you're going to have a slight misalignment with your rib cage your rib cage is going to be slightly projected out to the longer side so for example if your shorter side body is your right hand side your rib cage will be slightly shifted and again these are small shifts over to the left so get yourself in front of a mirror stand with your hips your hips note your feet hip width apart and place your hands around your lower ribs so you can feel your lower rib cage now try to move your rib cage so it's back in line over the top of your pelvis and just notice how that starts to just fill out that shorter side a little more and create a little bit more balance so you can just play with that take it out bring it back and just notice where that um, rib cage alignment over the top of your pelvis changes your muscles okay so that is going to start to fill out naturally and open up that side that's a little shorter now again there's a myriad of exercises we do to keep these sides even from regular daily twists in the other direction through to side stretches and everything that I take you through in the equi stretch classes. So if you really want to work on this off your horse as well as on your horse, I know that it sounds like a sales pitch, but off the work, on the mat work, on your floor in your living room, just getting the feel of your body is will kind of mega project your improvement so much quicker. So you've got your rib cage above the top of your pelvis now. And just now notice in the mirror what has happened to your shoulders. So have they started to come back in line just by shifting that rib cage? So instead of lifting the shoulder, you're just shifting the rib cage back in line. Now, when you bring that rib cage back over the top of your hips, this is why it's really important to do it in front of a mirror. Because if you were to close your eyes, you would probably tell me now that feels wonky. Because this imbalance this crookedness this collapse that we're talking about has been built into our body for quite a long time that now feels straight so this is why a mirror is really key at this point because you can start to see the change before you can necessarily feel it as better i did a podcast ages ago about change feeling strange and it's so important to remember when we're doing this, when we're realigning our body from movement patterns that have been built up over years, sometimes decades, it's going to feel weird. And when you're on your horse, it's going to feel even weirder. So don't let the feeling of it feeling wonky stop you. You being wonky has, up until now, felt straight. So you need to make sure, so when you start to straighten, it's going to feel wonky and you've got to kind of trust the process a little bit. So now you've got that feeling of the rib cage back over the top of the pelvis, you might find that that has pretty much corrected that short side, long side feeling. If it hasn't, take your hands a little bit down to more your waistline and just feel yourself kind of puff out your sides into your hands so it's a really subtle feeling but it's a switching on of those side muscles so you're starting to engage the side muscles rather than become too floppy okay and if that really hasn't fixed it if you're still quite short through that side take the arm that is on that side and lift it up above your head and just notice how that opens that side out and it also naturally brings your rib cage over a little more and then keeping the side body where it is, bring your hand back down and just see if that's changed that feeling. 
Now, your homework is to repeat this as many times as you possibly can throughout your day. So you're realigning your rib cage, realigning your spine back over itself so you are much more level. Now, hopefully by doing this, the shoulders will have come a little bit more even. So that real kind of wedge shoulder, one shoulder up, one shoulder down is hopefully not so obvious. Now, that one shoulder up, one shoulder down can still be a little bit there because we've been locked into that movement pattern. Through time, as we start to create more balance through our pelvis, a better balanced side body, your shoulders will start to come back into alignment. Um, the shoulders are one of the muscles that we can't force because they are deeply, intrinsically linked into our nervous system. So if we try to create something to happen that they're not ready to let go of, we end up shifting the whole rib cage too, and that's not what we want. So by your focus at the moment is soles of the feet, pelvis, and rib cage. And from that point, you can then start to find where you have a tendency to collapse. So that is the basics. Now you can do this on your horse or off your horse. You could, I would recommend if you have a big collapse, I would recommend that you do this as soon as you get on. So you make sure you start from a place of alignment. Now, so that's the basics. Now it's taking it into movement and making sure we maintain this through our movement. So I've um, been recording a mini series of this staying aligned through a bend and it really comes into this collapse because if you don't have a constant collapse, another common place for a collapse to happen is in a turn or a bend. When we throw our weight through the outside and our inside shoulder drops down to create the bend rather than we have a twist in the body. So if you don't have this constant collapse in your riding, it can be a time, it can be when we're applying a leg aid or through a bend that that happens. So we need to look at why that happens. So just like before with a constant one where our hips are slightly out of a line, when we start to apply our inside leg for a bend, what quite often happens is when you apply your leg, you lift your leg up. So you bring your heel up to apply the leg. And the shortening of the angle of the pelvis to thigh angle creates this hip hike that I spoke about earlier. So it might not be a, a physical biomechanical hip hike that's kind of locked in. It can be a biomechanical hip hike that's caused by an action that you're using when you ride, i.e. placing your leg on. So you need to think about when you use your leg is to keep pushing or not keep feeling downwards. So as you apply your leg on, your leg does not shorten. Your heel doesn't come up. It comes from an inside calf and not from the heel lifting action. So this is something to play with and you'll really notice it. Once you start to draw your attention to it, you'll notice as you apply your leg, do you lift your heel and kind of bring your knee forwards and up a little bit? Or can you apply your leg while keeping your leg on and it just comes round, comes against the horse's side for the horse to come round? So your aim is, is to keep that pelvis as open as possible with the thigh and to keep that weight through the whole of the sole of each foot. Just that 
simple action will change how much you shift through your pelvis as you apply your inside leg or come through a turn. So that's something really, really key to be aware of. And obviously our inside leg is applied through bends, it's applied through canter transitions, it's applied through lateral work. And if you're using your inside leg in a mechanical way that's creating the heel to lift, that will always create, you can't get away from it, it will always create a hip hike of some sort and a collapse through the body of somewhere. So be really aware of how you're applying your aid. And again, that base, soles of the feet staying nice and even and pressured and feeling into your three point plug. So as you apply your inside aid, none of that changes. So that's really key. And the other part of this to stop the collapse around the turn is how, again, we're looking at our rib cage, how your rib cage is aligned over your pelvis. So when you turn, or ride a bend of any sort, you want to twist your rib cage, turn your rib cage above your pelvis. So we, um, you're not actually physically moving your pelvis. And this is where I think a lot of us make the, the wrong um, connection when we ride a turn, because we're told inside leg on the girth, outside leg behind the girth, so we feel like we need to move our legs. We feel like we should bring our pelvis round, and none of that should happen because our, our hips stay in line with our horse's hips. So effectively, our pelvis and our weight should stay nice and even. So if you're standing on the floor now, again, feet hip width apart. Imagine you're sitting on a horse and you've got your pelvis nice aligned and you've got your rib cage aligned on top of your pelvis. And you can pop your hands around your rib cage so you've got a really good proprioceptive feel. OK, and we're going to turn our body to look round to the right and you're just going to turn your, your rib cage. Your pelvis is going to stay facing forwards. OK, now you won't have to turn it that far. You probably won't be able to turn it that far. You can feel here. The left side is now lengthening. So the left obliques are being asked to lengthen and the right obliques are being asked to shorten. OK, now it's really important to still even through the lengthening of the left obliques, they're still being activated. So you're not um, lengthening and weakening because then you kind of throw the alignment of the rib cage. So the rib cage is turning on top of your pelvis. Now, just close your eyes there and notice how your legs feel. So if you were to be sitting in a saddle right now, your right leg would feel slightly further forwards than your left leg. Your right leg is on the girth, your left leg is behind the girth, but you haven't moved your pelvis or your legs at all. All you've done is rotate your rib cage to look in the direction that you're going. And that is what we mean by inside leg on the girth, outside leg behind the girth, but it's not created by the legs. It's created by the rib cage movement. Mind blown. And when you do that, you end up being able to keep balance much more over your legs and you end up being able to rotate through your body and stop the collapse. So the collapse happens when we don't actively and consciously twist from our rib cage, where we kind of put the inside leg on for the bend and motorbike it a little bit around the corner rather than a twist. OK, so this feeling that you're creating now when you're turning your rib cage round to the right is the feeling you need to create when you are riding a circle, serpentine, round a corner in the arena, any sort of bend, all the way up through to your lateral work that's requiring this bend. Come back to the centre, realign, check that everything is aligned and then turn to your left. 
and just notice maybe this side you're a little bit more aware that your obliques, obliques are being asked to stretch a little further maybe you're a little more aware that you are kind of collapsing into one side so be really aware of keeping that rib cage level and rotating and again notice how that feels in the legs now your left leg is on the girth and your right leg is behind the girth come back so that twist that you are now feeling through your rib cage if you ride with that twist on the turn you will pretty much eradicate your collapse because you are starting to now use your body in a biomechanically efficient way of following your horse's movement rather than using kind of a weighted collapsy throwy aid that is throwing your horse off balance and ultimately making it much harder for you to to ride that turn you will probably find that you collapse more in one side than the other and that will be because one leg is much easier to apply through that longer side and also once you start to do this you will become acutely aware of how your horse has been trained where your weight is shifted this is probably the hardest thing because you are now going to start to ask your horse with a slightly different aid and unfortunately, no matter how much we would love it to all just kind of like this glitter spread around the arena and it's like this magical fairy dust that suddenly everything goes right, it's going to feel clunky and awkward. That doesn't mean it's bad. Well, the thing with working with our beautiful second beings of our horses and the animals that we absolutely love is that they are an animal so if you were on a bike and you said and i suddenly fixed you biomechanically you would just power for you would gain immediate power because the bike just is a bike it just needs to be ridden properly but if we've been collapsing and contorting ourselves on our horse for a little while not only have we built that movement pattern into ourselves but we've built it into our horses so when we start to make this conscious change in our movement pattern our horse is going to go what on earth is happening and just like us if I start to do something to you you might not find it easier to start with you know logically it's correct but your body is probably going this feels weird can we not go back to our old way even though that was biomechanically incorrect and probably making you work twice as hard your horse's body is going to be saying the same well, why don't you just swing your weight over that way? Because I've learned how to do it like this. And this way is easier because this, this is normal. And what you're doing right now, right now, I don't understand. Are you actually asking for this bend or what are you doing? That's the conversation your horse is going to be having. So don't expect sprinkles and fairy dust at this point. What you have to do is you have to believe in the process. For your horse's longevity, for your horse's health, for your horse's comfort and for your own body comfort, Riding correctly is what we want to do. It also means that you're not going to hit a barrier later up the levels where you can't get past because the fundamentals aren't correct. And I'll be honest with you, that's what's happened to me recently. So even though I'm a biomechanics coach and I am obsessed with body movement, I am also going through my own injury and health journey. And my body has changed dramatically in the last 18 months. 18 months ago, uh, my body was a certain way well actually let's go last three years i had a baby which has a huge effect on our bodies as, as sports people um let alone just women so i've had a baby i've breastfed her for 18 months 
God knows how I did that. But carrying her and doing that massively changed the movement pattern in my body. The fact that we had a natural birth and the fact that my pelvic floor and everything was stretched changed the way my body worked. And then put on top of that, because my body wasn't working great and because I wasn't using myself in a biomechanically efficient way and because I didn't think I should need to do the core exercises and I just kind of like relax my way through the first 18 months of motherhood, when I went to place her into the cot um, when she was 18 months old, my disc slipped out of my spine and went into my spinal cord. Unfortunately, that wasn't seen. And so not only did I have a slip disc, but I ended up with a spinal cord, low grade spinal cord injury. <laughs> so take my body from three, four years ago to where it is now. We've been on a very long journey and that long journey has meant that movement patterns within me have massively changed. Now, I have been riding for over 34 years and my canter aids would have been very different four years ago to what my body was trying to create recently. And they have got us to a certain stage. But what I've realised is actually we can't we can't go any higher up the levels until I actually really, really sort out my shit. <laughs> and I've had to take a big step back and go, OK, what is actually happening with myself? Where I thought I knew my body and I could have told you to the cows come home what was happening six years ago when I did something. I've discovered that there was things happening within me due to the injury, due to pregnancy, due to giving birth, due to being a mother, due to my life changing, that I needed to start to unlock. And we're not, we're, we, because we hit that threshold, I could have pushed through it, I could have muscled my way through it, but it didn't feel right. And all I felt like I was doing is sticking one sticking plaster on top of the next. And I didn't feel like it was working in my alignment with my horse she deserved more from me I felt so we've gone back and we've started to really focus and make sure that everything is aligned and of course what I did find like I would find with most mothers is that I definitely had a collapse I had a collapse and I had a weakening and I had that hip hike and so we've, we've straightened ourselves up and it, it's not something that takes months and months and months it can happen really quite quickly and we've straightened ourselves up. But as we've straightened ourselves up, my horse has given me that feedback of this feels really weird. I don't actually know what you're asking me, mum. So I've had to effectively retrain her because in the last 18 months, I've trained her into a different body pattern. Not one that I actually wanted. I've had to retrain her and say, no, this is now the new aid. This is what this is the aid that I'm going to ask from you. And this is what I expect. It starts off feeling clunky. It feels a little bit like, oh, and there's a huge temptation to drop back and go back into my original way. But I know that if I want to, my dream is to ride my hairy cob in tails. I want us to be in an advanced level dressage. My tail coat is hanging in my wardrobe and I haven't worn it for years and I want to wear it again. And I want to do it on my hairy cob <laughs> just to show the world that they can do it. If I want to get there, I need to be super aware that what I'm doing now is really, really key. It's unstitching that fabric, pulling out all of the plucked bits and putting the new stuff back in is how we're going to get that beautiful kind of overall aspect. So the clunkiness comes part of this change. That's basically what that long winded way was telling you. So as you start to ask with your new aids, your horse at first might feel a tad resistant or a little bit confused. Make sure that you are doing it correctly so you're not creating any new kind of bad movement patterns. 
and then be consistent with that because they will very quickly pick it up. So you might feel that they try to shift you, shift your weight to make it more easier for them. And you've got to be quite, I'm not going to use dogmatic, but quite certain in the way that you're riding, that you don't allow them to shift you. Because horses are amazing at shifting you. Kind of, they'll go, oh, just kind of sit over there a little bit and they'll move their back underneath you and they'll put you into that position. That's not always the right position. They haven't read the biomechanical book of horses way of going. They, like us, are just taking the path of easy resistance of least resistance and that's not necessarily the path that's going to keep them healthy fit and have a long life that path is just what's easier for them so you might have to be a little bit consistent with how you're supporting yourself but very quickly once they work out what's going on because you are now aligned over their spine and you are sitting over their central point of balance you will find very quickly that they start to change and they will pick up what you're asking from them and they will be happier about that because instead of them having to work out what you're saying realign themselves in a different form of balance to support you now you are supporting your own balance they can just think about themselves so that's 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 why so they you are taking away the pressure of them having to rebalance you you are taking responsibility of your own balance through removing the collapse thinking about how you're moving your body through the turn or in the straight and then your horse can be left to just get on with their job just thinking about themselves and responding to the questions that you're asking from them quickly you will find that change and quickly you'll find that everything around that starts to improve um it's kind of a cumulative effect but you just have to be able to go through the rocky bit to start with the kind of the unpicking bit is the hard bit and then the getting started is the, is, is the challenge and then once you get rolling suddenly everything will start to happen because what our brain the plasticity of our brain is brilliant at doing is the more we practice something the better we get at it so Everything from how you move through your stables, how you lift your tack, how you lift your child, how you sit in the car, all the way through to your riding. If you start to become aware of how you stack your ribcage above your pelvis, of how you hold yourself through your side body, of what you put on what shoulder, and all of those different things, you will find very, very quickly that collapse will slowly start to, or, or not even slowly, will start to realign itself and you will feel that you will get much stronger through your center of your body and if you struggle with slight nerves or confidence issue what's the extra bonus of this is they start to go away too because the subconscious um, nervous system starts to realize that you are now stacked correctly safely securely and therefore through that you can it can calm down as well Whew a lot <laughs> you might need to listen to this a couple of times <laughs> i'm sorry collapsing is a huge subject as you've probably gathered it's also a massive passion of mine i mean i can go back years and years and years of me standing in the arena teaching people about collapsing um there's as i said there's loads of different forms of it and i probably may not have even touched on your form but hopefully just by kind of breaking it down a little bit you can start to see where you might be going a little bit off off the schedule, off alignment, and you can start to bring yourself back into play. What I'm going to do is um, in the next few weeks, I will release an audio lesson 
with this so you can then work on this on the horse as well um which will hopefully help but just be aware for you guys that um are members of the club there's already four there'll be five by the end of this week sessions on this and we break it down and we build the layers back up they're all hour-long riding sessions you'll never get bored again in your life um so just be aware for those of you that are listening to in the club go on to the audio lessons grab those while they're fresh you're fresh this is fresh in your memory and give that a go um and your homework from listening to this is starting to become aware of that alignment that side body alignment and how everything comes through if this has left you with a few more questions than answers then please please contact me i need to know i want to know i want to be able to help you guys as much as possible and if i'm not answering the questions that you're that are kind of quizzically running around your brain then i can change how i'm doing it etc explain a bit more do another podcast whatever it is so just drop me a line dm me on instagram that's where i mainly hang out um or send me an email and you can just ask me no question is a silly question but for now i will leave your melted brains go (laughs) process that and um have a great rest of your day and i will see you soon Hi, me again. Just a little reminder that if you enjoy my content and want to learn more, join my community and basically further your knowledge in both horses and your own rider position, I have opened the doors to my new online riding club and you can get involved too for £15 a month you can have access to so much information, teachings, lessons from equistretch sessions through to our private podcast, schooling ideas, audio lessons and so so much more. So the link is in the show notes. Um, Head over there and I'd love to see you as part of the community.